Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. All right, here we go. What you think about Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori LeBay, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. Today, we are going to do an open mic. And so everyone and anyone who has something to do with dementia or caregiving is welcome to call into the show. That number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. Maybe you are a person living with dementia, maybe have symptoms and haven't been diagnosed, or possibly you're a friend or a family member caring for a loved one. Maybe you're a professional, you've written a book, um, uh, done some videos, made a film, um, are part of research, or have a service product or tool or perspective you think others need to hear about. Call in and let's talk. Again, that number is 323-870-4602. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to hear from people in the trenches. We think that that's how we truly learn about this disease. How do we adapt to it? What are the needs? And where do we go from here? Um, building collaborations and so forth. If you like the opening music, uh, that was done by a friend of mine, the Mark Arneson Band, and it's called Clarion Call. They would love for you to download that on any of your favorite music platforms. I think it's just a a perfect scenario in terms of living in the present and, and taking advantage of everything that is before us. Now, before we get into our discussions. I always like to do a couple of shout outs. So let me get that out of the way. And then we've got plenty of time again, then you can dial in and talk to me. Um, Now, there is a new research opportunity out there, and you can do it from home. And it's with Picnic Health. And uh, in order to join, you can just go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and sign up and get $25. Now, what Picnic Health does is they collect and they digitize all of your medical records into one online account. And then you can consent to share that anonymized data um, in your records with medical researchers by examining your real world data Um, from your records that they're going to be able to find answers that couldn't be found in clinical trials. You know, we all have such a a fingerprint that is different, um, and yet there's some great overlap. So it's a really important thing uh, to help on this uh, caring journey that we have. And if you also are caring for a loved one and have legal consent, you can sign um, them up. 
and their medical records to be part of the Picnic Health account. Again, just go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and get your $25 when you sign up. Now, during this time of COVID and all its variants, um, support groups, I think, are even more important. Uh, People aren't able to get out. I don't know about you guys, but our holiday uh, changed. I know within our family, people were going to gather, and then everybody pretty much got sick or was exposed to somebody who was sick, so that didn't happen. And, um, you know, even over the weekend and today, I can't tell you how many people I have heard are getting tested, aren't feeling well. So, again, there there are virtual support groups that you can be part of. Um, one, for example, that I do is with Arthur Senior Care, and we do a memory cafe uh, the second and the fourth Wednesday of each month at Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, that's 1 Central, noon Mountain Time, and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. But anybody anywhere in the world can join us. You can just reach out to me at radio at Alzheimer's Speaks. I can get you that information. And then I do an in-person program for care partners called uh, Connecting with Others. And this week, because of COVID and it's kind of going crazy here in Minnesota, we are also going to do that virtually. And this one is just for the care partners. And so that'll be tomorrow morning at uh, from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time. And again, you can get a hold of me and I can get you get you that information. I also wanted to let you know that I, I partner with uh, Artist Senior Homes, uh, a senior living and They just do a fantastic job. If you haven't checked them out, you may want to do so. Uh, Pretty much every month they have virtual and uh, some in-person support for people. And so I'm just going to mention two that I am doing for them. Uh, One is the Caregiver Survival Camp, and it's talking about realities of dementia and giving you kind of family-friendly tips and tools. That'll be January 11th from 6 to 7 p.m., And then we're doing one for professionals, and that is tools for dementia professionals, understanding and supporting the families we serve. That'll be on Thursday, the 13th from 6 to 7. And you can register by calling them at 240-293-1055. Let me say that again because I screwed it up. Uh, 240 293-0155. Again, feel free to call in if there's anything that you would like to talk about. Uh, what is on your mind? How did your holidays go? Uh, was there something that you learned through that process? Um, all of those things are important tips for all of us to know. So at this point, um, I am going to fill some air until we get some call-ins. And one of the things that I do want to talk about is Dementia Map, which is our global resource directory. And, you know, we're really proud of this. We are growing slowly. Um, We would appreciate your word of mouth um, passing information on there, uh, on about it. You just go to DementiaMap.com. We have four different tools that you can use there, and it's free. You do not have to sign up. You don't have to give out any personal information, and best of all, you don't have to remember another dang password. 
just go to DementiaMath.com. We have a resource directory, and there you can search um, a, a variety of ways. So if you like to put in keywords, if you want to search any of our 150 categories, you can do that. If you want to search by location, um, or if you want to just click on the dots on the map, uh, information will pop up there as well as down below. You can scroll through all the cards. We also have an events calendar and a glossary that we keep building and a blog with some, some wonderful, wonderful articles on that. So if you are living with dementia or a friend or family member um, or a professional, this works for all of you. Uh, for professionals that have a service product or tool that they would like to share, you can sign up. We do have a free listing or we do have two enhanced listings as well that will give you a little bit more um, marketing and exposure with banner ads and so forth. Um, and what else can I tell you? We've got some great articles in here. In fact, Home Instead just submitted one and they have nine tips for keeping someone living with dementia safely at home and their videos by Dr. Lakeland Hogan, who is a gerontologist and caregiver advocate for Home Instead. And uh, these are really, really helpful, helpful tips. So just go to DementiaMap.com, click on the blogs, and actually it's the most recent one, so you'll be able to find that uh, very easily. We also have something um, in there from the Alzheimer's Research Project, and this is really cool. It's about the numeric language of music, and Patty Carlson is, um, well, she's just exceptional. She's very renowned um, as, a, as a pianist. She's uh, written scores for movies, and now her purpose is really to test um, a private research study that she's doing regarding music, and she has been getting some incredible results. So you can sign up for that. You can read more. Again, just go to DementiaMath.com, uh, go to the blog, and you will see her little piano logo right there. Uh, click on that, and you can get more information. You'll see a video, and again, it won't cost you a penny to get involved with this. If you don't have a piano at home, you can pick up a keyboard um, even a brand new one for $100, $125. So it doesn't have to cost a lot if you don't have a, a regular piano to go ahead and do this. You'll also find an article on a raised memory cell phone. Cell phones, I know, can be really complicated for people. And, um, you know, they describe, you know, a lot of different variables uh, that they have to help people. Um, Mary... Um, Christino has a beautiful book called The Planet Alzheimer's Guide, and she is an artist on many levels, and she really has laid out this book really nicely to help engage people um, through a variety of the arts. And, of course, I have to mention the Alz authors, too. They have a wonderful post there, but they have a fabulous, fabulous website with all kinds of, of resources um, for um, for people who care. Uh, they have, I believe, over 300 authors now as a collective of the Alls authors. And they have a podcast, they have a blog, but they're just a wealth of information on there. We have um, coaches like uh, Sue Ryan. 
And she's a keynote speaker. She's a coach, an educator. Uh, she's an author of an absolutely beautiful book, um, Positively Navigate Your, Your Caregiving Journey. And um, she's, she's just such a sweet, sweet soul. Um, and, of course, then there is Dementia Together, which is, to me, one of the most outstanding dementia-friendly communities in the United States. They're doing some really cool things. They've figured out how to get resources into doctors' hands, uh, which is a huge need and um, really hasn't been addressed. And we, we really need to get this done. Uh, people upon diagnosis need to know where to go, and we are still lacking in that. And that has not changed since, well, gosh, my mom has been gone since 2014, and she lived with the disease for 30 years. So, you know, that's almost 40 years nothing's changed much in terms of the doctor's offices. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a few out there that do a good job, but I'm telling you, it's the very few. We just had a conversation about that this morning. Uh, another great resource is the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. If you are looking at um, you know, spiritual fitness at all. Um, they are just a, an absolute treasure uh, to to look at. They also have a, an article on our blog, not only regarding spiritual fitness, um, but basically regarding uh, COVID and, and kind of how to battle it off. And, and it's, it's very, very deep. Um, I'm going to give a couple other shout outs here to some of our members, Positive Approach to Care. If you don't know who that is, that's our own Tipa Snow. And, you know, she is just out there. She has been working her tail off for years, and her and her team continue to do so. If you haven't checked them out, please, please do so. They have lots of free information as well as products that you can you can buy along with the dawn method um written a beautiful book by uh judy cornish and um a great some great great technique so there is there is no loss for um for information it's just figuring out where to go and dementia map really does have uh some great, great resources uh, for you to be able to participate in. I will touch on lightly um, if people are interested in becoming a member. Again, the starter plan is free. Um, the pro plan is $365 a year, and the featured is $800 a year. Uh, the pro and the featured, of course, have enhanced listings, and they have uh, more flexibility on the site, so they can list any activity that they have in our um, events calendar and uh, they can submit um, blogs. The starter plan can now submit a blog once a year, the pro once a quarter, and the featured can actually submit an article um, every month there. So that is all I'm going to say on, uh, oh no, I should say a couple more things that we just really started doing more heavily. Uh, we're going to start um, or continue, I should say, with um, elevating, you know, what Dementia Map is all about. And so we are actually doing uh, media strategies, marketing strategies with people to show them how to leverage Dementia Map. 
Uh, or maybe you have a support group or your family's just lost and you want to know how, how to maneuver this, you can go to our, our black line up top when you go to DementiaMap.com and go to Join Dementia Map and go down to Live Tours and Marketing Strategies. And you can sign up for a time, and I will personally um, talk you through things and, um, and set things up. We do have one caller, so let me go ahead and pull that person in. Um, this caller is from a 7174 number. 7174, do you want to say who you are? And hey, Lori, Patty Carlson. Hey, how are you? How you, I am doing wonderful. I am doing just wonderful. Patty is the woman I mentioned about uh, her research study. But, Patty, I'm going to let you give people an update. I just am so excited about this. Well, thanks. I really appreciate you touching base with me. Um, yeah, uh, the Alzheimer's, um, <laughs> I just kind of caught me there. But um, our research project, um, I'm a uh, film score composer and concert pianist, and I'm also the author of a program called The Numeric Language of Music. I'm predominantly self-taught. I composed and produced music for over 12 years, Um, worked with Marty Stauffer's Wild America and a lot of films you may be familiar with on ABC, Mutual of Omaha. But my background is... um, Basically, I was predominantly self-taught, and I would listen to the music, and I would find the the musical tones and how they were organized on the piano keyboard, and that's how I understood music composition. Uh, so I started teaching a numerically based um, knowledge of a language of music, and the results were phenomenal, students of all ages. But what we found out, Secondarily, all of a sudden, we were having reports of children's um, math, science, and reading grades just accelerating, uh, I I don't want to say abnormally, but certainly beyond any uh, possible expectations because they were going from Ds and failing in math, reading, and science to 98 and 100% within uh, approximately five weeks to a couple of months. And I thought at the time, well, you know, this is uh, this is kind of in line with what you know a lot of research people said about the study of music, except that they were studying a completely different program. And I was kind of curious, you know, why what what I was teaching was producing this versus conventional music education. So I really kind of dug into learning conventional music education's teaching. And I compared it to what you know how I understood music, and the the programs were so completely different that I applied for and was granted a patent for a different method of conveying music uh, uh, information. So moving on from that, uh, other things started uh, occurring, and um, I came to the realization that it, it wasn't um, the the people or the students playing and creating music over a certain length of time that changes were happening when I first introduced the information, very simplistic music information. Uh, And um, one woman who had never been able to play, I mean, excuse me, had never been able to do math from the time she was eight. uh, She was in her mid-30s, and she wanted to get um, uh, long distance um, uh, a course. And she couldn't pass the course because she couldn't do her algebra. And I showed her just the basic information um, 
just the fundamentals. And two weeks later, she had 100% on, on her math test. So she hadn't really played very much. And that kind of told me that something was going on with accelerating the cognitive abilities uh, of a person's brain just by introducing these numeric sequences, these tonal sequences on the piano keyboard. And that was the point where I started looking into neuroscientists and what they were saying about uh, about the brain and music. And um, there was a neuroscientist out of UC San Diego, and he said that if there is a language organ, it's probably the brain. And then another neuroscientist out of McGill College up in uh, Montreal said that the apparatus that responds to music evolved earlier than the apparatus that responds to language. And when I saw that information, I thought, well, the numeric language of music could be the innate inherent language of the human brain. Maybe it's code. And I went mm-hmm. to... Um, I went to an assisted living center and um, presented my concept, my ideas, and asked if anybody would volunteer. And so there was an advanced Alzheimer's um, person, and uh, the mother, she was was the mother of the um, brain injury and cognitive rehab specialist that was the resident specialist at the assisted living center. Uh, 30 days, well, I guess just after a week of introducing the information to her, she started to basically, all the symptoms started reversing. First, she was, uh, when I met her, she had like a three-minute memory retention, and um, she couldn't she couldn't kind of get the food to her mouth. And uh, so, you know, this is, this is my experience, you know, my first experience really one-on-one with somebody with Alzheimer's. But I started showing her, and she couldn't play. She was in a wheelchair. And I took her fingers, and I placed them on the musical tones in the order they were supposed to be played as far as the program is concerned, introducing this information. Um, Sessions, one hour a week. On the second session, I said to her, the second session in the first week, I said, Ruth, I said, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I need to get a chair because I'm hurting my back. And... uh, the following week, uh, halfway through the session, and this is remember, this is just the second week of introducing this information. Ruth said to me, "Patty, do you need to go? Do you need to go get a chair so you don't hurt your back?" And I was stunned. You know, I was like, "Oh, great! <laughs> sure, thanks." But then she started being able to feed herself, and within 30 days, she was talking to other people. She was having uh, social conversations with them, and, and the people were telling her daughter, your, your mom's speaking to me. I can't believe it. She hasn't, you know, in the whole time, she's, she's having conversations. She said hello to me, and she started um, participating in uh, phys ed um, classes. She didn't, you know, she was moving her legs along with everybody else. But you could really see a, a, a real reversal of the symptoms. I worked with um, Ruth. With work, uh, excuse me, I worked with Ruth, and um, so that was within 30 days. She was really back almost 100%. Uh, I worked with the Parkinson's, um, with Advanced Parkinson's, and her name is Barbara. And she, in 90 days, I guess it was, she started showing improvements basically within the first 30 days. Uh, her 
her um, ability to feed herself, the shaking was slowing down. In fact, the shaking basically stopped. Wow. But most remarkable. I said, wow, that's, it's just incredible, the results. Oh, that's, it's, and, and the, the, big, the thing that really struck me is that with, in three months' time, working with her twice a week, I, was in, I really could not understand her speech. It was um, compromised, I guess would be the best word. And, I, you know, I, I, really liked, I really liked Barbara, and I did most of the time. Sometimes I could understand her. But for the most part, you know, like after trying, I just have to say, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 90 days about about three months later, I walked into the room, and that says it's from the the last session I was there. Uh, You know, a couple of days later, I walked in the room, and she spoke perfectly. There was no indication that this woman had ever had a speech impediment at all. Amazing. And that lined up with with what I was seeing with the kids with ADD and ADHD and Asperger's. Sometimes it was, you know, within five weeks, the symptoms just disappeared. Especially this one little girl with um, Asperger's. She would not touch. She wouldn't touch anybody. She didn't want anybody touching her. Her greatest affection she had for her grandmother would be to just bump her with her elbow. The third or the fourth session, I can't remember which, but she came running across the room, threw herself in my arms, wrapped her arms around my neck, and her and her knees around my hips, and just hugged me so tight. And the grandmother started crying. You know. These changes are related to the the tonal sequencing that I'm teaching in this language. And my my uh, suspicion is that music is actually the innate inherent language of the human brain, but it wasn't seen mathematically. In fact, the mathematics of conventional music education curriculum are compromised; they are inaccurate. And as mm-hmm. we know about math, and you know, if you're going to send a, a rocket up to space. Your math has to be correct. Yep, has to yep, be accurate. Sure. Well, Patty, how do people get a hold of you? What's the what's the best way? Um, on your uh, on your uh, dementia map. Okay. You can look it up. If, uh, there's a lot of information. We've uh, I've started um, the Alzheimer's uh, uh, project research project. I've placed. The um, actually it's uh, Alzheimer's Research Project.com, but also go to Dementia Map. I think either my name or, or Alzheimer's Research Project, you could find it there. There's a link to the website, and on the website is the program. Now, I, I only produced the program for somebody who needed assisted living help. In other words, you would take uh, the, the caregiver would give, would take their fingers and put them through. The numeric sequences in the in the way I direct them. It's a little video. It's a 20-minute video. Anybody can do this program. A lot of people are concerned about. Well, I don't know anything about piano. You don't have to know anything at all. I give specific directions, very clear. It's easy. It is so easy to do. But the one thing I did want to say is that we're preparing another video for anybody who is in um, early diagnosis or even mid-diagnosis that is still capable of understanding uh, the directions themselves and can do it themselves. And I would highly recommend that you come back to the site, you know, in a week or so because I'm 
producing this for anybody who's been diagnosed with Parkinson's or, or Alzheimer's for them to, uh, you know, get on the program. I've seen such remarkable changes, and we're testing this program with the general public to find out if I'm right. It can't possibly just be me doing this. It's got to be the information. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. So, again, you can go to a dementia map and then just put in Alzheimer's with an apostrophe research project, and she will pop up if you put that in as a keyword. Um, that's probably the easiest route to, to find her. And um, Or you can, I'm sure you can Google the Alzheimer's research project, too, but there, there might be a few of those that pop up. Um, all in all, or just put in her name, Patty Carlson, and that's Patty with a Y. Um, Patty, thank you so much for your time and calling in today. I I really am looking forward to watching this grow. And um, as we were talking, I was thinking, I have to hook you up with Julio with the Parkinson's group on Facebook. He does, uh, he has speakers come typically every Saturday, and you might be a really, really good one for for that group um, as well. So have a wonderful New Year's, and I hope you're enjoying the holidays. And again, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, Lori. I appreciate the invite, and uh, have a happy New Year, and I hope to see you soon. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to go ahead and pull in our next caller. We have somebody from a 3179 number, 3179. You are live and on the air. Do you want to state your name? Yep, it's Lisa Hirsch. Well, hi, Lisa. How are you doing? Okay. Hi, Lori. How are you? Not too bad. We're getting a little bit of an echo. I don't know if you have something on in the background or... Um, Is this better? Um, I'm, still, I'm still hearing the echo when I talk. So sometimes people will have will call in and then have have it on their computer at the same time. No, it's, it's, just, on my reg- it's, on, it's just on my regular phone. I don't okay. know why. Huh. Um, oh, you never know. So what's new with you, Lisa? Uh, well, I sometimes have been turn, tuning into your shows, and um, it's my mom. This February fifth will be a year that she passed away, and it's it's kind of interesting for me the process. Like people said, don't stop your blog and stay involved, and it was hard for me to continue writing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do some posts towards the end. I mean, Laura, we go back a long time. I started this yep. in 2000. And so what I'm really touched with is um, wanting to be involved. And, you know, I still on Facebook, write, I mean, hear people, see what they say on certain pages and, you know, we'll write things. and, and but But also, like, where I know other people that after their loved one passed away, they moved away from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want I wanted to what what came for me. I wanted how can I give back or be supportive to other caregivers um, who have a family member, a loved one uh, with dementia. You know, a big a bigger mm-hmm. umbrella more than. Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. um, so I, I started which I don't run anything I started uh, an, a page which actually you posted on yourself and mm-hmm. I called it Alzheimer Memorial Group on Facebook and I called it Alzheimer's because that's what my mother had 
and mm-hmm. I strictly I I strictly state in it that it's a group that belongs to everyone and any form of dementia. And um, it was just like a place, you know, like I have a dear friend that just passed away. She had Parkinson's, uh, dementia, mm-hmm. and cancer. And I read her obituary. I mean, she, you know, and, and it's like someone, when they pass away, a lot of times people put in a bit or something in, in a newspaper. Um, and so I just wanted a place where unless Facebook closes it down, that people can put a tribute to their loved one um, and if they want some pictures and just a safe place to keep not their memory alive because their memory, the mom's memory is always with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need. And so that's what for me, and like I said, I don't do anything other than if someone puts something on it inappropriate, take it Mm -hmm. off and block them is it's nothing it's nothing for me to be uh of course i you know for me when i read what someone writes um i make a comment like other people do um so that's you know it's it's we all handle what we've gone through differently but mm-hmm. for me it it just like keeps me with all the people that were real supportive to me through the years, especially you, um, mm-hmm. involved in 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 my way. Well, I, you so. know, I love that you created that page. And, again, it was called Alzheimer's Memorial Group because people are lost. You know, how do, how do you tell people about that? How do you, you know, how do you announce that? How do you validate that that's what you're going through in your life? And, and everybody on that page understands. Um, that your life has kind of got turned upside down again, just like it did when when Alzheimer's or another form of dementia knocks on your door. Yeah. And there, there's this loss, there's this grief, there's who, who the hell am I again? You know that you're going through, and just trying to figure out the world. And so, you know, and to let people well, be able to honor their loved one. And not and not just that, as you said, that is as. We have each had a loved one that we have cared for. The caregiving has all been differently. Some people mm-hmm. have li- they have lived with them, their parent or their husband or their wife um, through the whole thing. Others have had to make a choice and put them in a, um, a s- assisted living or a nursing home, a mem- memory facility. But yet, the one thing is, which what you just said is, we all understand. Yep. No matter how we and no matter how we each went through it, we all understand, and we all understand at the end the loss. Mm-hmm. And 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 like anyone, regardless of losing a loved one for any kind of disease or an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all hold that loved one and differently. Yep. So, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting, like, on Mother's Day or even Christmas, a lot more people post mm-hmm. on the page. Yep. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's a yeah. big or, thing. Or, or, or a birthday, a birthday, yep. or the day the person passed away. Like, in my mind, um, February 5th, for me, is is significant. 
um, mm-hmm. I'll be my first year of, of the loss of my mom. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And and every so year it gets you different and all of those holidays, those those family traditions, they've all changed because that person's mm-hmm. no longer part of them. And so it does hit people hard and and I think you know everybody in the family typically deals with it different too, which can make someone who's really struggling feel out of place and uncomfortable. Um I've seen that repeatedly with people where why why aren't the others grieving like I'm grieving in this process? Why aren't they feeling the mm-hmm. loss or are they just hiding it? And so, again, it's just nice to have that group that understands and is a safe place to go. Uh-huh. I, I was, this is a, my first closest, close friend that passed away. And mm-hmm. when, and and I watched her and was with her quite often from, from, well, she was before she got real ill until going to the hospital and then coming back and hospice and and et cetera, et cetera. And after she passed away, not only was it a, a me feeling a loss for her, I then attributed the loss to my mom. And, and it was mm-hmm. interesting for me because I and and I was very vocal about this in my writings is that. The last few years, I I prayed for my mom to have peace. Mm-hmm. I knew that she didn't want to be, be alive like that. There was nothing I could do. It was written in her will, hugs, uh, and and there was nothing I could do to help her other than caress her, tell her I love her. Uh, but it, but for me, it was really heartbreaking, and so I cried less after she passed away. Mm-hmm. But my friend that brought it up to me that that like you know that death um i I kept saying it you know it's a good friend it's not my husband it's not my mother it's it's like i'm really like really grieving this and realized that it was also for me with my mother Mm -hmm. it brought up for me that yeah and now going i live in new york she lived in florida and i would go spend a few months with her in Florida and go to the nursing home every day. And then, so what came up for me now also is, and I am, I didn't go last year because of COVID. I'm going now and, and I, and I wanted to personally go into the nursing home and thank, uh, I can't get in there again, but, and mm-hmm. thank, um, I mean, I spoke to everyone, you know, after my mom, but it's, it's here we are a few years later. And, and when I was with her, I was shut down like everyone else in mm-hmm. in the country, not being yep. allowed to get into a nursing home. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, so that's that. So um, that's what's doing with me. <laughs> and well, that's a lot. Well, you know, and like I said, I'm so glad that you that you called in, and I'm I'm thrilled that you developed that group because I I, I do think it fills a really big hole. Um, that is out there, you know, where do people go once the, you know, this portion of the journey is over? And, um, you know, it's a big, big hole. Big, big well, hole. yeah, and on, and on my Facebook, on my timeline is all these groups with mentor and, you know, I can tell you, you know, how many people every day lost a loved one, they, you know, uh, Every, every single day, how many or every single minute or are losing someone to mm-hmm. uh, dementia, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So exactly. I've been night tuning in, and I've been listening to you. It's like it's like I don't I don't, I won't let go, and mm-hmm. I am and I'm drawn to it, and it's still my biggest cause. You know, whether for me it's like donating. Um, I actually oh. This is kind of. So I went for years to a support group in New York City called the Alzheimer's. They were part of the Alzheimer's Association, and they had to be one of the groups that broke away, oh, probably about seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And they were so supportive, and they had all these different programs, and they're still wonderful. And if anyone lives in New York, it's called Caring Kind. So. Mm -hmm. The time that I went there, I wanted to become a support group leader. Mm-hmm. And um, they told me that I couldn't do it because I had to have a loved one who had passed away two years prior. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I was watching on Facebook. They did a, they did their first walk again since COVID. Mm-hmm. And I caught it on Facebook. And I was just like, I called them. And so now I'm supposed to get trained to be a support group leader for caregivers this summer. Um, oh, nice. Right now. Yeah, right now it's on Zoom, and I don't care which way. So, But I had to wait for that program. So it's a long way off, and I hope it happens. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. certainly, you know, who knows? <laughs> Everything in life is day-to-day. Um, so I'm actually pretty excited about that, and that's another way for me to um involved and give back. And oh, yeah. we have to have you give a plug for your books, too. Oh, my book. Okay. So, But my book is a different kind of book. I never, ever shared. I never, ever gave anyone advice how to be a caregiver. But mm-hmm. um, it was. it's really documenting my journey with, with my mom through the years and how my love changed, uh, changed or I... I fell in love with my mother unconditionally in, in mm-hmm. a beautiful way. And so anyway, so that is, is called Alzheimer's, My Mom, My Hero. It's on mm-hmm. Amazon, and it's in all the different forms. And then I did a letter to my mom, um, and those are my two books on Amazon. But um, the Alzheimer's Memorial page on Facebook, um, it's for all dementias. Um, if anyone wants to post... Uh, any a picture or just a tribute, a memory. Um, it's a place, like I said, unless Facebook takes it down, it's it's just you know there. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Lisa. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Wish you a happy I, I, holiday. Oh, Lori. Yeah, I know that I I make you know I I make comments on your thing, and you're the best. You're best. Oh. You're wonderful. You're inspiring. You have done so much for. I'm going to say the world. It's bigger than dementia. Mm, thank you. It's, it's it's who you are. Yep. And happy, healthy New Year to you and everyone else who's listening. And hopefully, uh, 2022 will be able to uh, maybe shed some of these masks. Yeah. <laughs> That would be nice. That would be nice. I know around here in Minnesota, we're just kind of going crazy. And I know you guys are in New York, too, with the COVID. And it sure has changed our world. But, you know, it's kind of like dementia. You've got to adjust to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And move forward. So wishing you nothing but the best in 2022. And I'm sure we'll be in contact then. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Um, again, if you would like to call in, the number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. Um, I'm going to mention, I just found this really interesting. I, I have my Google Alerts um you know, a set, and I thought this was really cool. In Lincolnshire, the police department is looking for dementia patients sought for volunteer roles in a joint police initiative. And it says, um, initially we are offering five individuals living um, in that Boston area, uh, living with dementia, the opportunity to work as volunteers for 24 weeks um, with participating organizations. And this is um, this is a borough in, in, over in the UK. And it says this will be a great opportunity, particularly for those who feel isolated or lonely to have a chance to maintain their independence, return to the workplace and be part of a team dedicated and uh, who's really enthusiastic to continue to make valuable contributions to the community. Uh, I, I love this. And I guess it was started because one of the police officers had a father who was diagnosed with dementia and he experienced that firsthand, you know, the impact of the diagnosis it had on him, his family, the feelings of isolation, um, despite having a loving family around him 24-7, his, his father still felt less than. And so I, I love this idea. Um, over in the UK, too, they have the restaurant that makes mistakes that is all staffed by people living with dementia. Uh, very, very cool initiative. And then uh, the other one that hit me, and I've seen quite a few of these lately, this one happens to be a missing man from uh, Palo Alto, and he was found in Redwood City, they said in good spirits, but so many people with dementia, you know, wander off, and this can be such a dangerous, uh, dangerous thing to happen, needless to say, scary for them, scary for their family, and, um, you know, we need to make sure that people have identification um, maybe a tracking system. You might want to look into something like Project Lifesaver or there's the various uh, wristbands that you can wear. And again, not just for the person with dementia, but the care partner, because you know what, guys, something can happen to you too. And if something happens to you and you're caring for someone with dementia, um, the authorities need to know uh, that that person needs to be safe and who should they contact next. So there are wristbands that have like... Um, USB drives on them that you can have all that information and EMTs and police can just plug that in and, and get that information. Uh, also, when you both wear a, a bracelet like that, it is helpful because um, it, it lessens the, the, the person feeling, uh, living with dementia, feeling like, oh, it's all about them again and they're less than this says, hey, something can happen to me, but something can happen to you too. And it kind of evens out that playing field, which I think is very, very important for us to uh, to realize. I do want to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. I forgot to mention them earlier. The MemoryCafeDirectory.com. You can go there. You can find um, over a thousand different memory cafes. For those of you that don't know what they are, they are a support group. I hate to even call them that. 
they're a gathering of people with dementia and their care partners, which allows them to have a peer group again. They laugh, they cry together, some have entertainment. Um, each one is a little bit different, but check out the memorycafedirectory.com. And if you're interested in developing one and are, you know would like a little guidance, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I, I consult with people all the time on getting these started. You can just uh, email me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com, radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. I'm also on Facebook under Lori LeBay or Alzheimer Speaks. Or, uh, I've got a variety of pages there. Um, but <laughs> excuse me. But typically, uh, email is is best for me um, to connect with. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow we are going to launch our second piece for the Dementia and Arts Educational Panels. And um, I thought we would do one a quarter. And what I found out was that we have people all around the world that can't always make our time. <laughs> so we we interviewed, I interviewed three more people from around the world. One was in uh, Africa, I think Canada, and I want to say Australia. And they're going to talk about jewelry and painting and uh, diamond piece, diamond art, and um, I think you'll find it fascinating what they do, why they do it, and, and how it makes them feel. We also discuss on these about how do we get this art out? You know, there's so many places that have great wall space and lighting. How do we get it displayed so that more people understand that somebody living with dementia can still participate at this level? And uh, many times when somebody wants to display something, the burden is put on the person with dementia to pack it up and ship it and cover the costs and send it back. And, and I'm telling you guys, that's not realistic and it's not fair. So, you know, hospitals, clinics, um, adult day, uh, living communities, uh, community centers, city halls, all of that, libraries, those are things that you could work with within your community. And, um, and help uh, help raise some of that cost, um, especially if it's local, and tap in and really help raise awareness on the beauty and the contribution that people people can make. Um, let's see. And then the dementia chats. We just launched uh, a video the other day, and that one was all about the changes in weather. Changes in lighting, the full moon, uh, the solar eclipses, all of those things that can really affect people living with dementia and are things that we always, normally don't think about but have a great, great impact. In fact, this morning when we were recording the dementia chats, uh, Michael Ellenbogen talked about how he was really struggling with everything was so dark and he had just moved. And he said, you know, my other house didn't have this many windows, so the darkness didn't affect me because the house was lit up. He's like, but our new house is all windows. He said, and I was going to bed at 5.30 at night. And so he, he got some um, LED lights and put them throughout his house, and he's learned that he has to kind of turn those down or dim those down about an hour before he's ready to go to bed, and he's not affected. He doesn't get so tired and disoriented. Uh, by having those LED lights going. So again, there's so much we can learn from people with dementia. So 
feel free to go to alzheimerspeaks.com. You can go to um, our YouTube channel as well. We have a lot of different playlists. So uh, some of our radio shows um, are on YouTube. We have our Dementia Chats, which is a panel of people with dementia that, you know, speak about uh, different topics, the needs, what's working, what's not. Um, and then we just want the dementia and the arts um, educational panel that you can find there too. I, I have done some tips. So dementia quick tips are on there. Um, all kinds of, of wonderful, wonderful resources that are all, that are all free. Uh, before we wrap up here, I'm just going to highlight some of our recent shows. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, to show you the variety of people that we interview on the show. Again, you can be uh, somebody living with a dementia diagnosis. You could be a family member or friend. You could be a business professional, a researcher, a movie director, a singer-songwriter, an author, uh, someone who is an entrepreneur with a product, um, maybe someone who has a home care or a therapist, um, the list is endless. We've had kids on the show making a difference, uh, advocates of all different sorts, um, organizations large and small. We believe here that everyone's voice should have a right to be heard. And all I ask on Alzheimer's Speaks is that we have a respectful conversation. We don't always have to agree. Um, the topics are specific to dementia and caregiving, needless to say. But here are just a list of just in the last couple of months who we've had on the show. Uh, Cindy Weinstein and neurologist uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Miller. We have had Peter Whitehouse and Dr. Daniel George. They have written, um, oh gosh, several books on dementia that are just spot on. And, you know, they, they call a spade a spade. And what they would like to see as far as changes in the industry. Um, Elon Caspi was on. He has written a book about um, resident to resident injuries, and um, he's a behavioral specialist, which was fascinating. There is a a new app called Circle of, which is all about connecting to services, products, and tools as well on this app. Um, we had Beth Saunders on with Life Bio, who has uh, some great tools uh, to to get someone's story out of them, uh, so that you don't lose that family history at all. Uh, President uh, Ronald Reagan's daughter was on Patty Davis. She has a new book out that was fantastic. I've replayed her show a couple of times because she's just. Um, it just phrases things beautifully, has a good understanding, big and small picture of the disease, how it affects the person with dementia, family members. Um, we had um, John Aluandas, I want, I'm going to screw up his name. I'll say John, and I'm just going to leave it at that, but he has, he is part of a baseball um, program that is really cool. It's kind of like a memory cafe where they get together, but they bring bats and balls and they share stories all about baseball and history of, of the players, um, which is really neat. And uh, that is something free people can participate in. We had Wendy Brown, who is a death doula. I've had several conversations this year about death and dying, right of choice, um, options. And death doulas are just wonderful because they are 
filled with so much information. On that topic, I also had Compassion and Choices, which I highly recommend if if you think you could get dementia in the future or your loved one has it, they have a tool on there that you can add to your healthcare directives. And I've already done that because none of us know who's going to get hit or when it's going to happen. And they, you can single out things in terms of what you want. If those symptoms come, you can pair them up and, and change the course and do that ahead of time. And much of what's on there can happen with a lot of other things too, not just dementia. So I would really go to Compassion and Choices and check out their tools. The other week we had the um, 80th Street um, residents on in New York, and they told us all about you know how they care for people with dementia. And I was so impressed. Even during COVID, they were you know sending drivers to pick up and drop off staff, and they were sending them home with meals for their families and so that they didn't have to go out into the public. And, you know, they really appreciated their time and their effort at work and keeping their their workspace safe because they knew that that's a home for many. Um, We had uh, Valene Campbell on, who has written a wonderful book, a children's book about dementia, and Dr. Sharon Cohen, who, which was just absolutely fabulous. And then coming up on Thursday here, uh, you're going to hear from Barry um, Holzenhausen, and he's over in South Africa, and he's doing some incredible work. Over there, if you have dementia, they think you're a witch. And so he's, uh, his, the conversation with him was, was just really, really interesting, because I think here in the States, we talk about stigmas, but you're talking people are chained in hutches. Um, and their lives are in danger, not only theirs, but their families over there and how he is making a difference. Uh, and then we are going to have Cindy and Christina on from Adaptive Equipment Corner. And they are just a wealth of information. And they do these short videos on different types of equipment that really break things down. It's amazing. Uh, we're going to have stories, um, a stories love music on. We are going to um, have a project about aging with pride. And uh, so we're going to be talking, um, you know, about um, the LGB community and so forth there and the education that that needs to happen. I've got one caller and we've got about a minute left. So I'm going to see if I can get them on the line really quick. Um, Five, two, four, one. We've got about a minute. Feel free to say your name and why you called in. Five two four one. Did you want to speak? Hi, is that me? That is you. That is yes. you. Hi, Lori. It's Mary Crescenzo. I just drove up and on my way and saw this on my phone, and here I am. One minute. I'm sorry. I just heard about this on my on my way home. Thank you, no Lori, problem. for all that you do. Um, may I just quickly mention my book? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, It's called The Planet Alzheimer's Guide, Eight Ways the Arts Can Transform the Life of Your Loved One and Your Own, and it uses arts engagement as an alternative way to connect and communicate with loved ones and caregivers. And, Lori, I want to thank you for allowing me to do this and also allowing me to be the co-facilitator on your international uh, artist panel program that is going to run quarterly. Thank you for all that you do. 
and I'm sorry I missed all of this, but I'm happy to be here. Hi, everybody. Well, Let your creative you. spirit soar. Thank you, Mary. I'm glad you were able to call in for our listeners and for Mary. Everything is archived, so you can go back and listen. Um, I will. I I feel so honored to be in this position to connect people to services, products, and tools. Have a fabulous, fabulous New Year, and we will talk soon. Bye now. Same to you. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye-bye.